This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech and Egypts, a bonus episode from For Tech's Sake, where we tear some problematic tech to shreds. I'm Elaine Burke. And I'm Jenny Darmody. Now, if you listen to the first episode of For Tech's Sake, you'll know what that we think. Space is ace. Exactly. But do you know what is not ace? The billionaire space race. Yes. We mentioned it briefly on the full episode of For Tech's Sake. But just to recap, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos and Richard Bronson are all desperately competing to be the first extremely rich man to shoot themselves into space on their very own spacecrafts. Think of it as measuring penises in rocket form. (laughs) I mean, what else is a billionaire to do all day? I mean... This is the problem I have with them. Is this really what we as a society want to put our energy into? No. (laughs) (laughs) Although, you know, maybe I do want to shoot all billionaires into space, but probably not for the same reasons that they want to shoot themselves into space. Yeah, like I know that these billionaires do not represent us as a whole. I certainly am not a billionaire. Aww. I know, I'm devastated. But collectively, they do represent a phenomenal amount of money, a phenomenal amount of high level tech and pretty substantial amount of power as well. I mean, Elon Musk has managed to literally affect the stock market with one tweet and has gotten into trouble for it. But Deservedly I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's still doing it, but you know. Oh God, yeah, the stock manipulator has logged on. <laughs> and I'm sure there are questions around the value of space exploration. And if you listened to our interview with Paddy and Tom in our full episode, you'll hear just how much value actually comes from space tech and space exploration. So as we said, space is ace. But I do genuinely question the amount of energy that these tech bros are putting into essentially racing each other to get up there unless they stay up there, like you said. Yeah. And, you know, this is actually how a lot of space uh, technology has evolved was in um, pissing contests essentially <laughs> because I mean you had the original space race was the US versus Russia and it was when Sputnik went up the US was like hey no we can't have the Russians getting one over on us and the space uh, technology so they ended up getting a man on the moon and they did conspiracy theorists they they really did they did that it's an amazing thing that they did but it really happened because of you know bragging rights that's why, and that's now we've got the the worst version. At least that was governments and nations. Now we've got the space race being driven by the bragging rights of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson trying to get involved there as well. I know. I really, <laughs> I, I, I feel like Branson is behind. I mean, we're not, I shouldn't get involved in the actual, the actual race. But at the same time, he is lagging behind. It has to be said. It really is Bezos versus Musk. Yeah. Um, the other issue that I have with this, apart from, you know, all of it gestures wildly <laughs> is the effect it has on the planet and how it's adding to the climate crisis these little bitches essentially want to go for a joyride around space like that is what they're doing they just want to build very 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 expensive cars uh, that can go into space and race each other oh my god it is midlife crisis car man in a new billionaire <laughs> form isn't it yeah <laughs> that's exactly what it is wow so Meanwhile, their big metal penis-shaped rockets are sending black soot into the upper atmosphere, adding a huge amount of pollutants into our air, damaging our ozone layer further and exacerbating the heating of our planet. And just to bring that into actual numbers, because I love being able to quantify things about how much damage we're actually doing, because it's both grim and educational. (laughs) 
According to a report from research fellow Lucas Chancel, an 11-minute space flight can create as much as 75 tonnes of emissions. That's more than the average person creates in their whole life. 11 minutes. Yeah. And that's space flight is essentially, that's what you're talking about in terms of space tourism. Like this isn't to learn or educate ourselves. This is so that rich people can have yet more exclusive things afforded <laughs> only to them that cost the earth. So private Literally. jets are not enough anymore. They yeah. want private rocket flights, which is just disgusting. <laughs> It's so gross. And there there are cheaper ways to the stars. You could just go to London for Abba Voyage if you're that mad to see a shining light from the past. <laughs> Best joke. Oh, oh, I really wanted to get that in there. <laughs> but then, uh, uh, so they want to shoot themselves into space. They're also shooting just a lot of crap up there. So space junk is a real problem. Um, we've been launching satellites and things into space for a really really long time um the the work that was done in like the 60s and the 70s and stuff like that for space travel like all those crafts they don't come back generally we've only recently started to figure out even reusable rockets and stuff like that so what you have is in orbit around earth a bunch of dead dying satellites um some of them not bearing up so well in the decades of Mm. being in space and also being hit by space debris that's naturally occurring so you know the things that are whizzing around in space naturally and little bits and pieces and you know when you're going at the speeds that they're going at in space uh, that's a little pebble sized amount can cause Mm. a lot of damage so little fragments that break off from these spacecraft or whatever they can be really damaging for things that we want to try and maintain in space like the ISS or whatever its successor uh, will be and any other kind of spacecraft that we want in permanent position you know for Earth's Earth's observations and stuff like that and now they have to when they're putting these things into space to consider the other junk that's up there Mm. and this is man-made junk we've managed to pollute space I mean we've really really gone above and beyond when it comes to destroying things when you think about that and Lots of things that have been put in space are useful and they they, de- they degrade over time because they degrade over time, but they had a good reason to be there in the first place. There's a lot more thought going into now in terms of like end of life cycle. Mm. Same way we try to think about that now in all uh, products that are being made, an end of life cycle for these spacecraft. And like that work is ongoing. But then you hear that Elon Musk shot a fucking Tesla up there. <laughs> like a, a literal car. A, a whole Tesla. Why? Just in space, I believe there's like there's a spacesuit in the front. So it looks like a man is driving it. it it's <laughs> it's so stupid. There is no why. Was there a point? There is no why. It's just to be like, just, look what I did. I'm cool. I could do whatever I want. I'm the world's richest person. Suck it. <laughs> I hate it so much. He's causing a lot of space junk though, as well. Like he's like there's. I mean. Th- it's not the same as a Tesla car, but like there's a lot of satellites up there that belong to him for the Starlink and they do a function. They do a thing. There's a point to them, but there's a lot. There's a lot already up there. Yeah, they're at, at this point in time, I think about 3,400, certainly well north of 3,000 uh, satellites in the Starlink constellation that he's building. So Starlink is a satellite internet constellation that's operated by SpaceX, the company that's uh, Elon Musk is CEO of. And 
again, it has purpose. You know, like Tesla's selling electric electric vehicles. You know, we'll talk more about why that's bad in another episode. Um, but Starlink essentially wants to try and connect the world to the internet using satellite internet connectivity. Um, something that uh, is tried often and hasn't quite taken off to the scale that uh, anyone who's tried it has managed to do. So, like, you you have sat phones and stuff like that, so they operate off satellite connectivity, and therefore, say, people who are out at sea or something mm. like that are in like. Uh, like really remote areas and, and need connectivity. Um, but Starlink is more about trying to bring that like to as internet to a consumer level. So using satellites to just make the internet more evenly distributed, distributed, which we even know in Ireland, the internet's not evenly distributed. I am just back from West Cork. There's good internet in some places and there's zip in others. And yep. that's just fact of life. Um, and it doesn't seem to even really matter how remote you are. I mean, I was literally on the tip of the Sheep's Head Peninsula and had 4G and then I was in some towns and I had nothing. So yeah. <laughs> like, it, it can be very confusing because it is to do with like, I think like hills and valleys and stuff like that can cause peaks and troughs in, in terms of internet mm. connectivity. There is an area in Ireland that's called, that's called like the Black Valley or something like that for its uh, I believe that's in Kerry, in Kerry somewhere, yeah. yeah. And that is one of the, that's a specific area that actually Starlink is hoping to help. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and they're delighted because they, you know, people want internet and, you know, it's, in modern society, it's a very important thing to have available to you as a resource. And a reasonable request, I think. Yeah, so Starlink, great idea. Probably not best execution um, because they're shooting up all of these uh, satellites into space. Um, the Starlink technology, technology in terms of its internet connectivity hasn't quite been proven yet as how well it works and, and how, what a good job it's doing. It's still kind of in that pilot trial kind of phase. Mm. Um, and <laughs> what it's doing is it's creating this massive constellation and it, that's what they call it, a constellation. And it's a man-made one, obviously. Mm. And it's blocking out the real constellation. So... Astronomers hate Starlink. <laughs> it's the long point that I'm getting to here because it's actually causing a lot of night sky pollution actually coming from space instead of just the pollution that we get on the ground where we can't see stars mm. because there's so much light pollution on the ground blocking your sight of the of, uh, stars in space. Starlink is actually creating light pollution in space. So now we can't see stars anymore. Thanks, Elon. Cool, cool, cool. Astronomers are crying. And, and the space junk thing as well, like... I think I'm right about this. Only recently a rogue piece of rocket actually did collide with the moon, which I just just made me really irrationally sad. I don't know why. I just <laughs> feel like the moon is just minding its own business and just like doing its thing. And a rocket that I think was up there for seven years, a piece of it broke off and, and hit the moon. Now, a lot of people actually did think that was one of Musk's satellites, uh, probably because he owns so much stupid space junk. I think people default to Musk to blame him on a lot of this, like, air and space junk. I mean, there was a random fireball in the sky that got blamed on possible <laughs> Starling space junk. And I don't think it was confirmed what that was. Hey, extraterrestrial, terrestrials, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but essentially, because he owns a lot of what's up there, um, and that's been kind of shot up there commercially as opposed to, um, you know, decades-long programs by ESA or something mm. like that. Uh, I think he is the go-to fall guy whenever some space junk goes ar- awry. I mean, it's not it's not a bad thing to default to him. Like, so a lot of stuff is his fault. And the amount <laughs> of stuff that he's put up there, it's only a matter of time, I think, before some piece of space junk hits something that will belong to him. I mean, I think there are literal space traffic jams that are happening up there or there will be soon, which is grim. But another concern I have with the Belluder space race is that it is essentially privatising space travel. And I mean, 
that's leading us into a new frontier of space with capitalism and commercialization and privatization. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Space traffic jams and space capitalism. Like it's just <laughs> we are taking all of the worst things <laughs> that we have created on the ground and we're like, yeah, space has lots more room to to be terrible at being human beings. Like, yeah. Pollution, oh traffic jams, capitalism. Yeah. Like I'm not saying privatization is a completely bad idea on its own. Like there's no there's no extreme things to this. It it does widen the funding, it does widen the resources, it does create more of an interest in space and in this area of tech. Sometimes governments, sometimes bodies like that are too slow, mm. don't have the interest in funding it because it doesn't exactly do anything for them in the immediate. But if there's funding and investment and interest, it, it generates more funding and investment and interest. But as it currently stands, so the likes of SpaceX and Blue Origin, which are the, the space tech companies that Bezos and um, Elon Musk own, they currently rely on a, a huge source of revenue is NASA yeah. or ESA or something like that. So that's where they get their big contracts mm. because, you know, who else is paying for reusable rockets? You know, it's not something that anyone needs yet. Yet. Though, so what happens when it becomes like not about what the public funding is is supporting because they're they're basically bringing in third parties to support what would be a public science exercise. But when it comes to, you know, a long, long term future, hopefully I, I don't be around to see this. But <laughs> you can see other billionaires paying for their own rockets for private space travel. That's one thing. And you also got the idea of we are going to see, I think, mining on celestial bodies. Yeah. And that's going to be heavily privatised, I'd imagine, because there's going to be money to be made. There are elements and minerals and stuff to be gleaned from going out to space and mining in, in, in space. And it's just it's it's just the kind of dystopian future you can see coming up in a sci-fi film. Um, I don't want to be around for it. I don't think I will be. I think it is a long ways away, but it's just... Currently, the private private side is actually heavily supported by the public science, but that won't. That's probably not their goal. All of these companies want scale, scale, scale. Yeah, and, and public profit. funding won't scale enough. No, it's not. It's ripe for exploitation by monopolies. And when you think about how dominant certain brands have become here on Earth, and the power big tech has, for example, for the manipulation and harvesting of data and things like that, like. We didn't start out that way, but going into space early doors with some of the world's most elite lads. Lads, it, lads, lads. Space, it, space, space. It is lads. At the end of the day, when we focus on these billionaires and their space race, I'm concerned about what that could mean for the future. I mean, I like literally was just talking about this this morning that, again, we won't be around for this. It's a very long way away. But if you can imagine the first thing that might end up being on the moon if we were to live there or on Mars. I mean, I feel like it'll just be an Apple store. I mean, there is a Tesla in space. It's not that far removed. Yeah. <laughs> Possibility. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, best case scenario, they all relocate to Mars. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> all of them. A one-way ticket. Yeah. Mars will be solely populated by robots and billionaires. Superb. Let's do that. One, yeah. One-way tickets all the way. Yeah. Ru- I- ruin a new planet. <laughs> Yeah, and stop being stupid little bitches because you're ruining space for all of us thanks for listening to Tech and Egypt our bonus content from For Tech's Sake a co-production from Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network remember you can listen to all of the brilliant bonus content from across the Headstuff Podcast Network and you really should 
And you can follow us at Silicon Republic and at for Tech Sake Pod on your preferred social platform. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.